This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. You're listening to this week's free episode. Our second episode each week is exclusively for Slate Plus members. You can sign up for Slate Plus for just $1 for your first month. You'll get every How to Do It podcast without ads. Plus, you'll be able to read every single advice column on Slate with no monthly limits. Join now at slate.com slash HTDI plus. That's slate.com slash HTDI plus. This podcast contains graphic, explicit, and even sometimes a little bit vulgar discussions of sexuality. Hi, I'm Stoya. I'm a writer and pornographer. And I'm Rich Jozwiak. I'm a writer. We're the authors of How to Do It, Slate's sex advice column. This is our new podcast where we answer brand new letters about all your sex and relationship issues twice a week. You can ask us anything about sex or trying to have sex or not wanting to have sex. We are here to help. So I feel like a running theme so far, something I keep saying, it's becoming like a catchphrase. It's like, well, I'm a weirdo (laughs) or like I have a pretty unique viewpoint on this. (laughs) Then I I hear you agreeing with my stance. Oh, that you're a weirdo? No. (laughs) Agreeing with my thing that I'm like, this is super weird. And you're like, no, it's not weird. Um, Or like if it is, I'm weird, too. Yes, that's it's probably the latter. <laughs> probably the latter. Um, but I think everybody is weird. I mean, I feel like you're either weird or you're boring. And I don't believe that most people are boring. I just believe that some people are less willing to share their weirdness. So to me, weird is like down. Weird is like I can relate to you. You know what I mean? That's yes, immediately yeah. disarming to me. Give me your weird. Uh, but one of the things that I see in our writers is some of them are exquisitely sensitive. Yes. And private. Yes. And like delicate. But what do you think about that? I mean, like, I feel like uh, I have like two minds about sensitivity, which is that obviously it exists, but I don't think that like a functioning society has time for everybody's individual sensitivity. I think when you care about somebody, when you love somebody, you need to cater to that sensitivity. I think you really need to honor it and respect it. Um, I think on a lot of relationship and sex issues, deferring to the most sensitive person in the room is the right thing to do. I think if it's something like somebody on Twitter is complaining that I didn't think about their particular sensitivity when I was writing about something, that's kind of like, okay, now we need to grow up. Sorry I didn't speak directly to your experience. Uh, there are 7 billion of them on the earth and I had a few paragraphs to get through. So, so it's kind of a sliding scale for me on how much we actually want to honor that sensitivity while it being an undeniable force in human interaction. Speaking of honoring sensitivity, let's dig into our first question. Let's do it. Dear How to Do It. My wife and I made friends with another couple in our neighborhood last summer. We're fairly young, childless, and live in a conservative state. These people are a little older and way more open about sex than anyone we've ever known. I found this off-putting at first. I heard way too many details. 
But I loosened up because of my wife's seeming reaction to all the talk. It led to a big uptick in our sex life. We've gone from once every week or two to nearly every day in some stretches. And she's been pushing us to try new positions and even toys. This was awesome to me, and I thought everything was great. Until a few days ago. I had beers alone with my male neighbor who asked me how my sex issues were going. I asked him what he meant. He said he knew from his wife that our sex life has been strained and that she was trying to make it better and was frustrated. He even said he knows having a smaller penis is tough. Needless to say, I was devastated to hear this, especially the comment about my size, which I always thought was satisfying to my wife. I nodded and said we're working on it. Now, I don't know what to do. I haven't brought this up. I have avoided sex with my wife. I think she's noticing. I feel betrayed and like she's been lying to me for our whole marriage. I honestly want to leave. What should I do? Signed, not up to snuff. I mean, this is a shitty way to hear about what your wife thinks about your dick size. Yeah, this is awful. I feel so bad for our raider. I mean, because last summer... These are new friends. This marriage has been how long? We don't know. It doesn't say. Longer than they've known these people. Yes. So you would expect any kind of like major issue here would have been somehow broached. Yeah, especially because his penis has been the same size the whole time. You know, if this is an issue, but it's not quite in deal-breaker territory, I understand it might be a hard thing to talk about. I don't think the answer is talking about it with somebody else that you just met. See, I can see the value of talking to someone that you've just met mm. and then talking to your partner. Kind of collect your thoughts, organize yeah. how you're going to do that because you're basically rehearsing it with that person. Yeah, because, like, thinking about it from the wife's perspective, like, okay, this other couple in our neighborhood, they're super open. I don't know many people. I live in a conservative state. I don't know many people are open about sex. Oh, I can talk to them about this. So I don't think she necessarily did, like, a horrible thing by talking with them. But they should have advised she speak with her partner. And she should have spoken with her partner unless it wasn't presented as like i've never told him about this because the neighbor seems to have mentioned it very casually as though this is an open conversation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know what if somebody's partner came to me and started talking about that i would just make sure not to repeat that just in case but i could see how well, i would be like is this a secret yeah if we're just like keeping things in the realm of assumption because i didn't ask that question I would assume that it's been discussed. If you're coming to me with it, who am okay. I? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I could see how, like, that lack of communication would have been it's, detrimental here. See, like, people bring me all yeah, I'm sure. kinds yeah. of, and they don't want anyone to, and I'm like, are you sure you're comfortable, like, typing this to me over Instagram? Right. So I'm like, okay, like I got like maybe she like opened up and I would assume that it is a secret, but also I would ask. Yeah. Because I want them to think about is this private? Is this something I'm comfortable sharing? Totally. Who am I comfortable sharing it with? Because fundamentally, this is a trust issue. The trust of this person has been violated. And I think fairly so. There are things in my relationship that I would expect never to mm -hmm. be repeated to another person. And if I found it coming in from another source, whether I'm aware of my boyfriend's issue with it or not, that feels 
like an attack. It's like, what? Why did you tell them that? This is our thing. Yeah. To me, this is the kind of thing that I would get over. Mm -hmm. I've been humiliated by having my trust breached before. Things I've said have been repeated and that always stings. Very rarely has it been an occasion to end a relationship. I mean, humans gossip and they do it sometimes indiscriminately, irrespective of how close you are, of how confidential that information is. It gets out. Mm -hmm. So I would advise taking a more moderate path, healing a little bit, seeing things in perspective, understanding that this was a hard conversation clearly for this guy's wife to have with him. But at the same time, I think he's like 100 percent valid in his feelings. I'm considering rethinking my position on how much the wife made a mistake by talking about it with the couple. Mm. I might shift a little more towards you. But what you say makes sense. I don't mean to not to be like polite, like, oh, no, no, you're, you're right. You're right. But like, I think what you say makes total sense. <laughs> We're just like, you know, knocking around scenarios here and yeah. trying to understand the way of thinking. And I think that's like part of like just good faith reading of this stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. But I think he does have to have a very messy conversation with his wife. I think he owes it to her as her husband to address this. There's no way to like softly tiptoe in. You have to be like, hey, I found out from our new friends that you're unhappy because my dick is smaller than you want. This is awful. It has to be done kind of as a whole like that, I think. I I totally agree with that. But I feel like there's like one scenario that we haven't really considered that much. And again, this is like complete conjecture and maybe a tangent or whatever. But I just get the feeling that this is possibly like a couple of swingers that they met. Oh, yeah. Dick size was spoken about at all may somehow have something to do with the friend talking about his dick size or the fact that he has a big dick and she wants that or like in what context did this information come out and something mm-hmm. tells me that it could have been some kind of sexual coordination kind or like fantasizing That's spitballing kind point. of thing yeah and so that may make it hurt even more yeah well it might make it hurt a little less and then a lot more right, right? like oh it's not that my dick is unsatisfying right, it's, it's a, just that the neighbors is bigger yeah. cool but also oh my god there's this whole swingers plan happening under my nose that I haven't been party to would be really upsetting. Because he's not being included in the coordination. Yeah. And I don't get the sense that this would be like a happy surprise. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. No. And you you don't want to surprise someone with a foursome. No. That's a recipe for disaster and crying during sex, which is just the worst. Yeah. So, you know, our writer should have the big, difficult talk and state up front that they are really upset because their experiences, they heard from a neighbor that they're inadequate. That's the message that they understood. Absolutely. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, let's move on to our next question. Dear How to Do It, I am 18 years old, gay, and newly a man. I'm going to be going to college in a few weeks. I'm very excited for this new chapter in my life, not least of all because I hope it leads to my first sexual encounter. So far in life, I haven't dated anyone, and hooking up doesn't really work when you live with your parents. In fact, I've never even kissed another guy. But despite my lack of experience, I am really eager to have sex. I don't have much of an interest in a relationship or anything more than a one-time hookup. But is it weird for my first time having sex and kissing someone to be with a total stranger who I won't see again? I thought this was what I wanted, but my friend said that it sounded like a really bad idea. Would it be a bad idea to have my first time having sex be with a total stranger? And is it necessary that I tell them that this would be my first time? Signed, new to this. So I think at the root of this question is the concept of virginity. And this construct that we have socially, right? Yes. Okay. So there's something that I heard recently that I loved. There's this one-woman show called Get On Your Knees by this comedian, Jacqueline Novak. Although to call her a comedian seems reductive because she, during the course of the show, reveals that she was a poetry major. Which makes sense because her metaphors are just, I mean, they're wonderful. They're awe-inspiring and elegant and perfect, hits the nail on the head every time, and it's just like living prose to hear her talk for an hour in this show that's basically about giving blowjobs. You know? Amazing. She's incredible. I highly recommend it. And she talks about her relationship to her virginity. And I'm sure this changes night to night in some way, but when I saw her in, I think it was June, she says, I never valued my virginity. I got it for just showing up on Earth, right? And so then she compares it to like a voucher that you'd have in like a gift basket in a hotel room. (laughs) People make a big deal about this. I mean, I don't really give a shit about it, but for a goof, we should really use this before we leave the resort. And that idea had been germinating in my head. Like virginity, why is it a thing? You can see why it's a thing in the attitudes towards its value in perceived males and perceived females. Yes. It makes a perceived female more valuable per our patriarchal society. And it makes a male less valuable, right? So when I was a young person with a vulva, I noticed in the neighborhood people starting to have sex. Mm -hmm. It was young women losing their virginity. Right. And it was young men taking it. Yes. So it was like, wow, like, no. I went to the mall and I found a relatively clean looking, attractive enough young man Mm. who had nothing to do with my social group. We did not go to the same schools and we had sex. Okay. And I actually don't remember if I told him that I had not had sex before because there was a little bit of blood. I imagine he figured it out. Right. I remember I was wearing a red velvet thong. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Somehow appropriate. Yeah. Was it a good experience? It happened. Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh. That's that. Yeah. I had read extensively about sex. So I was well aware that it was a privilege that it hadn't hurt. And most people's first few sexual encounters aren't particularly 
awesome. It takes a while to like get an idea of what you're doing, especially when your other partner is inexperienced as well. So I was like, eh. But also I was really happy that I was no longer a virgin. Mm. So the next time I had sex, it wouldn't have that like ridiculous weight. Right. So you kind of unburdened yourself yeah. in a way. I lost my virginity, depending on how you want to define virginity, but to women, girls, I guess. And then the first time I hooked up with a guy, it was coordinated through gay.com, actually, which is, you know, pre-apps, internet chat things. And after the first time, and it wasn't like full anal sex, that took a really long time to get to, I would say. But just like oral whatever, I was like, uh, maybe I'm not gay. Like it was like really confusing to me because I it had all of this had built up to it. And it was such an underwhelming experience that I was like, what? <laughs> and then I had sex with another guy that was also underwhelming. And I was like, oh my God, now what? Then the third time I really liked the guy and I was like, okay, yes, I'm definitely gay <laughs> confirmed. That's what it's supposed to be like. It was confusing. I guess I would just hope that this person, whoever they selected, they could have like something of a connection with them because when you are that close to somebody, and I mean, I'm talking like sheer proximity, you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You can be hurt in any number of ways. And to have somebody who is sex positive and compassionate and even, you know, you don't fall in love, you never see them again, whatever, it can really make or break like how you view that situation, how you approach this going forward. So... I would caution against total randomness, although that very well may work out. Yeah, I'm like, if they're like, I mean, COVID times, but let's pretend. Yes. If they're at like a nightclub and they see the guy and they're like, oh, that's the guy I want to kiss. They should walk up and say, hey, can I kiss you? And like, go for it. Yes. But failing running into someone in the wild, like choose. I didn't go to the mall and wait for the first person with a penis and say, hey, like, I chose. Yes. There's also another layer here, which is the transness. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to require some degree of negotiation, I think. That's going to require some kind of discussion or at least, I mean, I don't know. It's a very hard thing. And I think that trans people have to make the decision in the moment or make the decision for the moment as to how much to disclose when. But just keep in mind that there are some gay men who are more amenable to having sex with people with vaginas than others. Mm -hmm. And men being men, they often have a sense of entitlement Mm -hmm. and they have a certain strength. So you don't want to put yourself in a situation that's going to make yourself vulnerable or worse. Yeah. You know, at risk. I don't mean to prescribe to kind of adhere to like whatever transphobic norms guide our society. But a queer space is going to probably be easier to navigate than a strictly cis gay space. I totally understand where your protectiveness is coming from. Yeah. Because I've been in gay male spaces and it is weird. Right, right. And like it can get deeply misogynist very quickly, knowing that some gay men are very anti-trans, I would feel like I needed to be careful. And so we want to impart to this young person, like, the world can be dangerous. Yeah. And it sucks that he has this burden, but it's 
there nonetheless. Yeah. So, yes, I clearly don't think there's anything wrong with casual sex. And I think that virginity is a highly overrated construct that really people get all bent out of shape about. So in spirit, I'm totally with this guy. But, you know, with moderation rules, moderation for everything. So just try to do it in a way that puts yourself at ease in every way and have fun. Yeah. And, you know, make sure someone knows where you are. Yeah. 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 Great tip. All right. That's all for now. But we're not done this week. On this week's second episode, exclusively for Slate Plus members, a man writes from an ER waiting room after an incident with a new hookup. You know, as long as the dick doesn't come off or require major (laughs) surgery, it's that's a comedy bit. To find out what sent him there, sign up for Slate Plus for just $1 at slate.com slash HTDI plus. That's slate.com slash HTDIPLUS. If you're in need of sex advice from Stoya and me, you can write to how to do it at slate.com slash how to do it, or you can leave us a voicemail at 347 640 4025, and we may use it on the show. That's 347 640 4025 and slate.com slash h o w t o d o i t. Remember, this is anonymous and nothing is too small or embarrassing. Our show is produced by Chow Tu. How to do its editor is Jeffrey Bloomer. Our letter readers are Shasha Leonard and Benjamin Frisch. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.